New Year, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. That should be part of your New Year's resolution. Really should just be your only one, and it's very achievable, so just get on that. And also add reading the criteria to your list. Because uh, oh, yeah. we talk about that's a that's a great idea actually. Yeah, I I my New Year's resolution is to be better at reading the criteria. Mine is to be able to recite it on on demand. Is that right? No, <laughs> but <laughs> I think I know it pretty good at this point. I wonder if anybody has that down. I, I bet a lot do. I bet they don't. As far as professionals, I mean. I I bet they don't. Okay, you're probably right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I bet they could remember the rough details of it for sure, but you know, could, someone to go into just recitation. I don't know about that. Mm. If you are a judge who can recite on command uh, this uh, this three and a half page document, please contact us. Typos we would included. Love to hear it. We don't need to put what's that? Typos included. Typos included. Absolutely, got to do it the way the way it's written, because <laughs> um, it's it's letter of the law, not intent of the law. But uh, yeah, see, it is, you know, New Year as people listen to this. It is technically uh, still December 31st, 2023, as we record. Uh, Rise in New Year's Eve is on right now. Got that a little bubble in my uh, um, corner of my screen. We're recording remotely at the moment. Uh, I'm in actually 2024. Are you? Yes, I'm coming from the future. How'd you do that? Time travel. I don't believe you. Well, that's where I am, 2024. Agree to disagree. Um. We are here, though, in different respective years, apparently, to go over something we've been noting throughout the the course of 2023, which was all of the rounds which we thought a judge just got wrong, straight up, didn't nail it. Yeah, you no, heard... no, no, no debates. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard us reference it. Y'all add it to the list. Add it to the list. So this is the list we're talking about. This is the list. This is Judgment Day. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that name. You like that? Yeah, that's a good. That's the name of the episode, Judgment Day. I like it. Okay, yeah. I was I was kind of toying with it in the days. I was like, I wonder how that's gonna work. But uh, if you're good with it, I'm good with it. This is Judgment Day, 2020. Well, guys, we'll call it 23. But you know, yeah, it's, it's 2023. It happened. 2023 Judgment Day, even though it's the start of the new year. Just look, deal with it. All right, <laughs> just deal. Anyway, so yeah, this in this episode we will go over the 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 rounds in that list we're not going to go over every single one of them um that would take a while so what we did was between dan and i we watched over the rounds from the year that we had been tracking we said okay which of these do we think deserves to be gone back on uh and uh and, and kind of added to like a more specific ranking type of list so we pared down our list Dan had the idea, rather than do, because we were going to originally do a top 10, Dan had the idea, and I think it was a good one, to separate out by a different type of round. So we have our 8-9 splits, and we have our wrong winners, is what we're calling Um And then also, we do have one in particular this year, where there is a 7-8 split. Which just needs to be talked about again. I mean, yeah, why not? Is, <laughs> is, it, is it that egregious? Did we really put it on the list at that time? I don't think we did. But uh, I feel like it's still worth going over, right? Yeah. We more or less said, uh, spoiler, mm-hmm. we said no. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, why not go over that one again? So we will have kind of a little countdown of, it's not top 10 of each type, but uh, 
we're going to count down from, you know, X number to number one worst round score of the eight, nine splits, worst round score of the wrong winner uh, type of rounds. Uh, and I thought that was a good idea, Dan. Nice job. Thank you. You have your moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we have, uh, you know, we kind of pared down a list that was about 20, I believe it was 27 rounds in total, not counting the seven, eight. Um, when I went over, by the way, there was one round on there that I looked at and I was like, you know what? This has been misqual- misclassified where I took it out. What round was it's that? It's a case dismissed. What round was that one? That was, uh, oh, well, I, yeah. I, guess oh, I only put that on there because I didn't know what we were going to do with this list and I thought it was a very interesting round. Oh, so this was not a round. You made me watch this round for no reason other than well, it was a fun round. I wrote nah next to it and I figured you were just yeah, not going to. I thought you were just not going to watch the nahs. Oh, no. I watched everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. I watched every round on this list. Tried to save you time. I'm a, nope, nope. Overachiever over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so knowing that, then I can tell you that we actually only had 26 rounds where we said, nope, wrong score. Mm-hmm. We ended up pairing that down, again, not counting a 7-8. We ended up pairing that down to 13 total rounds. So cut, basically cut it in half. And again, we separated them out. So without further ado, I think we covered everything, right? Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's, and we're going to start again with that seven, eight round split, uh, because that is the one that, uh, again, it just kind of just, we have to talk about it again. It just, it happened. We don't have like another place to talk about this. Let's talk about it, right? Of course. So that, of course, was uh, in Ilya Toporia's unanimous decision victory back on June 24th. That was the UFC on ABC headliner in Jacksonville. Uh, and uh, the final scores for that one. Pretty lopsided. Even, oh, yeah. Even outside of the uh, the the seven, the ten seven round that we got here, fifty forty two, <laughs> fifty forty four, and forty nine forty five. The round in question was the fourth round. The judge who awarded that round, Chris Lee, gave the ten seven to Toporia. Um, we are calling that the wrong score. We're saying that the right score was the eight. The judges who assessed that one were Sal D'Amato and Eric Colon. So. Dan, I ask you, what do you, what do you, what do we need to say about this round? First off, what happened? Well, I mean, Taporia, he's he's winning on the feet, out landing, landing good, but really, he's he's taking his time. Uh, for like the first three and a half minutes, it's just it's just a solid ten nine. Uh, and then he drops Emmett in swarms, and he's probably at an eight now. Emmett somehow works his way to his feet. You know, he's in a bad way. Final forty seconds, he gets dropped again. We're definitely at a ten eight now. And Taporia ends the round on top, landing some punches. There's good damage. There's good dominance. And there's good duration. There's not overwhelming damage. There's not overwhelming dominance. And there's not overwhelming duration. So, eight. I That's what I saw. I You know, I watched it again. Because, again, I watched all these rounds. I, I, I watched this one, actually, right before we did this show. Because um, I just wanted things fresh. And I'm looking and I'm like, look, it's, it's a real good round. It's definitely one of the strongest rounds of the year, I think. Is that fair to say? Hey, of course. I think so, too. Uh, we might have to do something like that too next year, where we just kind of go over the, the 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 biggest rounds, the most the closest to the to the seven, right? Mm. Um, that would be fun. But yeah, I just I don't think we got there because the bar for a seven is so high. Um, I just don't think it's there. I don't think I don't even think the damage really got to that point. I don't know his his left side of his face is like masked. It's close. It's close. Yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't know if we got there. Damage is definitely the one where I. If we would rewrite it, I would say damage ought to be like almost the be all end all. 
If it's okay. massive, massive, massive damage, that should probably just be enough for a seven. Mm. But that's not what the the criteria asks for, right? It asks for a little bit more. Um, and what's the overwhelming dominance and overwhelming duration? I just don't think we got that there. So yeah, I don't, I don't see the eight here. No, I mean there's there's like one minute of of duration, and that that doesn't fall under overwhelming. Sure, sure. Um, now the other question I had, I think we should be asking when we go over all these rounds is, could the right score? This, of course, being the 10-8 here for Toporia. Could the right score have changed the result of this fight? The answer is no. No, nope, not at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, we have we have a definitive result. We do. And uh, that was Ilya Toporia. It was. A uh, runaway, runaway winner here. Um, again, that's it for our, our again, lone 7-8 split. We got to move on now to our 8-9 splits. Did I say 7-8 before? I meant 7-8 and this is 8-9. This was a 7-8 split, yeah. Yeah, so then we're at the 8-9. We're on 8-9s um, here. We paired it down to 7. So what we did is Dan and I both kind of separately said, okay, these are the ones we like as uh, as some of them. When we say liked, we mean uh, agreed were some of the most egregious uh, misappropriating uh, of an 8 or a 9 in a round for the year that we went over anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly this was all UFC rounds. This was select pfl and bellator rounds that we did look at on the show over the course of the year for the record if you guys have any uh rounds that we'd like to be looking at that you think hey might qualify as as rounds like this throughout the year that maybe we miss now the bellator is off the table and well i guess it's technically on the table but now it's on the the pfl table you know let us know we'll we'll keep our eye out for that if you've got rounds elsewhere i'm interested to see that as well but yeah so we have narrowed down our eight nine splits all told to seven that's the ones that dan and i both agreed on we did our rankings separately we averaged them out that gave us our definitive ranking so dan and i more or less this is the consensus ranking we won't necessarily agree on every position uh dan if you feel like interjecting where you had it or whatever that's fine i might do the same but yeah. uh, but more or less we're working with this list and let's start with seven because we're going seven to one we only pick seven i had a couple more that you didn't agree with and i just chopped them off i just said you know what not necessary just cut them off. Just cut them. You guys will never know. You'll never know what I was thinking. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if you cut this one off. Was that? Oh, the one at the bottom? Yeah, the, top, yeah, the first one we're talking about. I wouldn't mind. Well, if you cut that of one. course, and, and I know why. This is a, a PFL round. Uh, it was round two of Ty Flores' uh, unanimous decision victory over De La Monte. This was actually the first PFL regular season event of the year on April 1st in Las Vegas. They were doing it at uh, Virgin Hotels, I believe is where it was. Is that where they did it? Where, I, I have to look it up again. I knew it, but then I forgot. PFL 1. That was, uh, I can give you that right now. It was the theater at Virgin Host. Oh, okay. Yes. That was close. I didn't remember the exact name. But I knew where I was talking about. I could have found it. If I was in Vegas wandering around, I'm like, hey, there's fights I'm supposed to watch at the Virgin Hotels. I'd be like, oh, it's over there. I'm surprised the PFL didn't contact the Apex, ask if they could use it. The, I am for the night. not in any way, shape, shape, or form surprised that they did not end I up. I mean, with all, with all the way they, you know, they they sub out their entire company, I just figured, why not? Just use the UFC Apex. No, doesn't see it coming. Yeah. Not not in a million years would I have seen that. We got, we got coming up, PFL Presents Bellator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, International well, series. Oh, let's deal with that in okay. the coming uh, months and stuff, you know. Okay. We're on, we're, this is January 1st. Let's, okay. let's wait, you know. New year, new me. We're still on, no, 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 we're still on 2023. We're talking about old rounds here. So this round, of course, like I said, April 1st. Uh, it, by the way, that that round, the previous round we did, the 7-8, if you were curious, 
to hear more of our thoughts on it. We talked about that in episode 246. You can go back to that one for Ty Flores and Delamonte. This was from episode 234 when we went over this again. Um, the wrong score here was an 8 for Flores mm-hmm. in round 2. The right score was the 9. The 8 was assessed by Tony Weeks. <laughs> Get used to hearing that. Uh, <laughs> Mike Bell and Junichiro Kamija were the ones who gave a 9 here. Now, keep in mind, Mike Bell in particular is the most likely judge to give an 8. And, of course, we're going to talk about that one a little later as well. But he's only given a 9 here. And I think that alone says a lot. That does. It does, it does. Why don't you talk just a little about what happened in this round? Yeah, so uh, Monty, he's winning early on the feet, and then he gets a takedown. Uh, he lands some good shots. He attacks an arm bar, and that really turns the round around for him in a bad way because Flores now is on top, and he, he's doing some good damage uh, from the top. I mean, he's really he's not really securing any dominance. There's no dominance, no du- really good duration, I would say. But I do think he's got some solid damage. Not an eight variety of damage, uh, so I think it's just a nine. Uh, and yeah, I think what, it's that's a solid it's, nine. I think it's a really good nine. That's why it's at the bottom of our list. I mean, I'd, it's one that I guess I'm not going to get too crazily upset about. However, I do think it's the wrong score. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. I'm right there with you, my friend. But um, yeah, we're going to have to agree. We're going to have to agree here with uh, Judges Bell and Junichiro Camijo, given the right score here. I, I don't, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to bend out of shape. I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. It wouldn't have changed the result of the round, of uh, the fight, excuse me, because we have two 29-28s and a 29-27, all for Flores. That 29-27, of course, being Tony Weeks' score. So all we would have had is unanimous 29-28s and one less round for us to break down, which would have made Dan happy. Oh, yes. I was thinking that we, if we you know, named this list uh, how everyone angered Dan this year for having to talk about <laughs> rounds that we shouldn't have to <laughs> See, if I'm you, I like to talk about rounds like this. I don't want them to happen, but I think it's interesting to talk about them. Usually right. we're like, yeah, I can see both sides. I love eight nine. I love eight nine debate. Eight nine debate That's is fun. Round, yeah, round it's more so, more so round winner arguments where there shouldn't be is the ones that upset me. Or if it's a te- right. or if it's a terrible, terrible fight where like they threw four strikes on each side. And I'm like, oh, when you, when I you gotta... say a terrible, terrible fight, you mean a fight with Jocelyn Edwards? That's a bad one too. Well, see, at least any, ha- any fight with her, pretty much. But I meant like or any heavyweight fight. To be fair, that goes uh, more than five minutes. Yeah, Rose and Carla. Like if, if that was kind of rounds that are split, it's like, oh, come on, I oh, gotta yeah. watch this again. Yep, those those are the ones we dread. Ugh. But nonetheless, this was this was the the seventh round in our list. Let's go on to number six. This one we talked about back in episode two twenty three. It was the first round of uh, Mateusz uh, Rombeski getting the win over Nick Fiore. Unanimous, 30-27, two times and a 30-26. But that first round happened on January 14th, almost a full year ago, back at the UFC Apex. This was the ringing in the new year in the UFC calendar. Mm-hmm. We had another situation with, uh, well, it's, it's Judge Tony Weeks. <laughs> and he's given the eight, and we don't see it at all. We think it's wrong. We agree with Judges Saldamato and, again, Judge Camillo, who saw the nine here, and I think they're in the right. Why don't you go talk about why? It was a good slugfest that uh, Ron Becky was clearly winning. Uh, he lay, he's landing with heavy power, not really eating much in return, but his, you know he did take a, a bit of damage to the face, and that was got a cut under his left eye. Uh, late in the round, gets a takedown, 
Opens up a second cut on the forehead. He's dropping uh, elbows and punches. I just think it's a clear nine. Uh, there's no real dominance. There's just good damage. But, uh, you know, again, not that damage that's going to get E8 on its own. It's just, absolutely. It's, like, it's just such a clear cut nine. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. I'm. These are the type of rounds where it's like you wanted to, you'd love for it to be an eight. Like we we like eights. We like variety. We think it's it's interesting and makes things better. But also, uh, not here. Yeah, yeah not here. No. Not here. No. Yeah. Sorry. It's not an eight. Uh, Tony Weeks obviously his his uh, compass is a little off with the eights here in these situations. Uh, <laughs> this won't be the last time you hear about Tony Weeks. Moving on, though, down the list. But again, I should also note, this would not have changed the result if he had given an uh, a, a 9 here. Then we would just be at unanimous 30-27s, clean sweep, normal sweep. Just a forgettable uh, fight from a scoring standpoint mm-hmm. if we had gotten that. Um, moving on to the fifth fight. We're in the top five now of the 8-9 splits. Aylin or Island? I always forget. Island, I believe. Island, Island Perez getting the win over Ashley Evan Smith. Clearly beat this woman uh, who had been coming back from, I believe, a long layoff at this point. Ashley Evan Smith, unanimous decision, 230-25s and a 30-26. This was back on July 15th, another Apex show. Uh, and you can hear more about that in episode 249. Why we're here is because round one, was scored a 9-10-9 for Perez. Again, she swept all the rounds from Judge Brian Puchilla, who is uh, was new to uh, Nevada this year. Good to see him. Ver- veteran judge uh, works all-, all over the Midwest for him to be able to get into Nevada now. I think he, from everything I know, seems like a solid addition to uh, the stable of judges that they can pull in there. Um, not in this case. This was This was not the case here. Because the nine is wrong. We say the right is uh, a 10-8 here. Mike Bell this time giving the eight alongside Derek Cleary. What happened here, Dan? Well, I don't know what more you need to do to get to an eight. Uh, Perez beat her basically the entire round. She's on top, landing good ground and pound in mount, doing good damage, getting to the dominant positions, you know, minus that final 30 seconds of the round where uh, they just stare at each other. Uh, It's just all Perez, and she was close to finishing all three Ds. This is this is like slam dunk ten eight. I actually had this lower on or higher up on the list, I should say. Yeah, I didn't have it as high. They're mostly because of other rounds. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with this particular round. A lot of these, it's almost like where do you put them five to one? Yeah. You know, I I had I didn't I don't say I would have a problem with it, but I definitely had kind of it's like oh, there's a lot of roughness here. <laughs> I, I I wonder if that because I mean it's round one. It's like are you, like you. It's just like uh, don't want to pull the trigger in round one. Right? It's a t- potentially. Potential. I mean, Pachilla is not a new judge by any stretch. He's right. a veteran judge. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of veteran, uh, you know, reluctance to kind of set the tone so early with a with a, a round like that. I don't know. I'm speculating. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we do see a lot of round ones. I will say, uh, especially when it comes to the eight nines. Actually, on our list of seven, one, two, three. Four of them are the first round. So okay. I think that lends some credence to it. Okay. I, I, I think there's at least some some thought there. But yeah, this this really ought to have been an eight. I you, when you see an eight, you just gotta pull it. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Um yeah, maybe maybe Pacello being a little newer to Vegas and not working all the time with these guys, getting on the same page with them. Uh, I shouldn't say guys, there's also uh Adelaide Bird, 
but getting on the same page probably will come at a time and, and experience there. Not that again, he's not, he's very much an experienced judge, but getting in the same page with everybody in Nevada probably will, would be helpful to that. Hopefully around like this was spoken about and said, listen, we, we want this to be in it. Mm-hmm. So um, again, would not have actually mattered on the scorecards. We had, we were trying to get to 30, 25 unanimous. That's what we were trying to get to. <laughs> Couldn't possibly have changed the winner of this this fight. Uh, I mean, realistically, Paris could have could have had what seven fence grabs and and yeah, two a, yeah. punches to the back of the head and and all this stuff and and it's she could have lost three points and still won. <laughs> I would have been fine. Also, when I say seven fence grabs, I mean forty two. <laughs> it's actually the forty second that gets you the second point, Pinnacle. Um <laughs> Moving on, though, to our top four now. We're at the fourth spot. And this one's actually a round two of uh, a fight between Jacqueline Amarim and uh, Monstra Conea Ruiz, which finished by round three TKO way back in August. That was another Apex card. A lot of Apex here. Um, and we, you guys, actually, I didn't speak about this round. You and our good friend Spencer Kite, who sat in for me while mm-hmm. I was in Seattle, uh, you guys spoke about this in episode 253. So I haven't actually gotten to really talk about this round. We get to hear your thoughts. Fight. What's that? We get to hear your thoughts. Fresh. Oh, I've got, fresh I've got some thoughts. I've got some <laughs> thoughts on this fight. Um, <laughs> the, the round in question, like I said, is round two. And uh, the judging question, we mentioned it before. He's back again. Tony Weeks. <laughs> Except this time, we're not talking about him giving the eight he's not supposed to. He's giving the nine he's not supposed to. Gosh. So we've overcorrected, gone too far the other way. <laughs> and uh, well, he gave the nine to Amarim. And again, Amarim is, is the round winner in this one. No questions there. Um, the eight score was what we deemed to be correct here. Judges Camillo and Ron McCarthy were on this one, giving out the right round here. What happened in this round, man? Oh, uh, well, this is an easy 10-8. I'm, I'm not sure what we're looking for if this isn't an 8, like I mentioned in the previous round we just talked about. Uh, we're going to be saying that a lot, too. <laughs> Jacqueline Amarim hits a, a head kick that's partially blocked and caught by Ruiz, and she takes it to the ground. But she's quickly swept with my favorite sweep, the flower sweep. And Amarim starts pummeling her. She's attacking some sub, and then she's getting back up. She's pummeling her some more. This goes on for the entire round. All three Ds. I, this is 10-8 all day. Easy 10-8, 100%. It's, I, I, I would say it's actually pretty egregious that it's not an 8. This has to be an 8. It's a super 8. <laughs> it's just a super 8 here. Um, I don't, I don't know. Why is, why is this one a 9 and why is the other one an 8? I, I don't get it, Tony. Where are we at? I know we're talking about different dates there. You know, these are, these are months apart. You know, those ones were earlier in the year where he was given the eights when he shouldn't have been. Now we're later in the year and he's given the nines he shouldn't be. Um, again, seems it almost feels like an overcorrection over time. You know, but for whatever reason, he's, his compass is almost broken mm-hmm. in terms of where you're supposed to be meeting in the middle to give the eight and the nine. I don't get it. Yeah, Tony, Tony's off on that. Yeah, super off, um, which is crazy because when we're talking about Tony Weeks, typically we're talking about a guy who is – keeps a very good descent percentage. He's not really somebody that we we on this show talk about as like, oh, he's he's off base here, that kind of thing. Um and I mean although his his year started off of course in the boxing ring when uh when he was uh refing that fight in uh Creed three. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
we had some issues with that. Um, we'll isolate those to later. If you want to go find, you know, go find that episode. I don't know what number is. Go, you're a super fan. You'll find it. Um, <laughs> but this was another round, at least that would not have changed the result. We did have uh, a clear uh, finish here, but also up to that point, we're now talking about someone who was up big on the scorecards. So it it would not have changed the direction of the fight, whether it was given an eight or a nine. It we're we're in. Fortunately, safe territory there. We got to move on though to our third round on the eight nine list here. This was the first round of CJ Vergara's victory, second round TKO over Daniel Lacerda. This was on actually a fight night that did not take place at the Apex. We're finally outside of the Apex. This was at San Antonio. Where is San Antonio, Dan? What state? Texas. Texas. The home of Shawn Michaels. Home of Shawn. Yes, absolutely. Home of the Spurs. Uh, they won a bunch of championships in basketball. That remember the Alamo too. Don't forget that. Yes, the Alamo. And some really uh, questionable judging happens in Texas too. <laughs> um, and that's why we're here, of course, to talk about questionable judging, not the other stuff. Uh, we did talk about this one in episode two thirty three, but uh, well, without further ado, we got to talk about the fact that this is actually the first round of our show where we're talking about a round we couchside override. <laughs> the majority score was wrong. We won't have that too often, but it does come up. You know, this is the first time. Uh, the judges who incorrectly gave Daniel Lacerda uh, a 10-9 as opposed to a 10-8 were Gino Garcia and uh, Joel Heda. The right score, a 10-8 for Lacerda, was assessed by <coughs> Sal D'Amato. Yeah. Why, why is this round here, Dan? I mean, it's kind of a slow round, I just, and I just want to point out, I, I think someone was controlling Lacerda with a uh, video game controller. Uh, the way he was fighting, he just kept. What does throwing, that mean? He was throwing craziness, just spinning back kick after spinning back kick. So he's spamming Non-stop. the spinning back. Just spin, yeah. would be like, I think that's like L two R one and like <laughs> triangle or something. Like, uh, he lands a jumping knee, a couple good shots, and on his fifth attempt of the spinning back kick, drops CJ Vargara, and he starts teeing off. Vargara gets on his horse. He's doing laps around the uh, the cage to get away. He gets dropped again with another punch, then dropped like again. Straight up sprinting. <laughs> dropped again with another spinning back kick. Uh, he really got the, the crap beat out of him in this round. He's clearly hurt. He's running away and he's falling over. He, you know, he can hardly stand. This is an eight. This has got to be an eight. And this is the type of round that makes me think that, because, you know, I have heard chatter over the years and I've seen things to the contrary. But you, this is the type of thing that I when I watch it, and I know it takes place in Texas. I think are judges in Texas not supposed to give eights? Because that is that kind of like an internal directive. Like I don't want I don't want to see an eight because you hear chatter about it, and I, I don't know how true it is. So I don't want to necessarily say definitively this is how it goes. But you watch around like this, and you're like, well, when is it an eight? <laughs> when when do we give an eight in Texas? Obviously, when you're Sal D'Amato and you know better, you do it, uh, and that was good. But the local judges here. Garcia and Ojeda, they're not giving an eight. And this is obvious. This is an obvious eight. This is one of the stronger eights I feel like we had in the year. I don't. We didn't rank them. We, again, I think we're going to rank them this year. We're really going to we're gonna do that this year, Dan. I'll keep track of the eights. Okay. Maybe we'll do an episode next year at the end of the year where we just talk about the eights and we rank them in terms of, oh, man, this was mm-hmm. most like the most lopsided round, you know? Or, I mean, or, or giant nines. If we see any giant nines, we can throw them on there, too. I'm going to play devil's advocate for just okay. just to just to do it 
Sure. What do you got? Forgara had some decent offense towards the end of the round when Lacerda got tired. Okay. N- now, and now I'm done playing devil's advocate. It was not mm-hmm. enough offense. No, not enough. To overtake not. being not an eight. Is, so. unless, I mean, the only way you can kind of say, yes, that is the case, is if the interpretation from the judges in question is that, well, it needs to be a beatdown, like a one-sided beatdown. And if any offense happens, then we can't give the eight. Still one-sided That's still down. wrong. <laughs> that is absolutely wrong. That's a bastardization of the eights into criteria. But um, maybe? I, mean, I don't know. I, I got three Ds here. I, this is an eight. eight. They just got it wrong. South Amano got it right. The locals got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Texas, man. Uh, now the thing with this round is because this is this is a, a the second or it's the second round where the fight ends. We're only talking about the first round here. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way, but we do know this. <laughs> We're talking about a round that's an eight nine for Lacerda, and the fight is won by Vergara, so he comes back and wins that round. Imagine. For a second, let's let's take us through this journey. Hypothetically, Lacerda loses the next two rounds. He survives. He loses the next two rounds, not getting any eights the way of Vergara. This should be a draw. This would go down as a draw. Yeah. And that would definitely change the result. Um, if we don't have Lacerda uh, getting his, uh, his, his rightful eight here, then that doesn't happen. Then what we have is a Vergara win, and I don't think that would be right. But that is a devil's advocate scenario, right? That's that's you know if and if and if you know it's not really the same thing. So and there's a lot of ifs there. We're talking about mm-hmm. round two and round three. We don't have scores for. So. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it does have that's there's a matzo ball hanging out there, man. Yeah, it's a pretty big matzo ball. <laughs> uh, not not the same way as the Seinfeld one, but you know there's a fun little reference. Uh, we've got two more rounds here. We're at the we're at the top two, my friend. And I believe this was actually your number one. This was my number one, yeah. And I can understand why you had it. I, I'll explain why I didn't go that way. Um, but we are talking, of course, about round five. Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shenchenko fighting to a split draw back at Nyoche UFC, September 16th, T-Mobile Arena. Uh, the scores for that one, 48-47 each way. And that 47-47 right down the middle. That's a split draw. That is how we're, yeah, that's what yeah. we call it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, sir. The round was scored wrong by a judge that we respect the heck out of and we think is one of the best judges in the world. Yeah. Even after this, Mike Bell. Yeah. He got it wrong. He got it wrong. Yeah. We haven't seen him work a major North American show since then. Uh, I don't know if it was a stepping away or, a, you know, quote-unquote benching or or what but it you know for whatever reason we haven't seen him at the the major shows i hope that changes i would love to see him back in the chair at the beginning of 2024 would be nice he belongs there mm-hmm. he's earned it it's not just that he's earned it it's that we kind of need judges like him yeah. in that chair <laughs> need him. and i would think i would think somebody like him would take this on the chin and say okay i'm gonna get better uh, yeah yeah, I you know I've, I've had the I've had the opportunity to meet him several times. Nice man, uh, sharp guy, knows the sport, mm-hmm. cares about the cares about the uh, the craft as as many of these men and women do. But uh, yeah, so he got this one wrong. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Uh, the right score here was not a ten eight for Grasso. It was a ten nine for Grasso, uh, and that was given out correctly by judges Saldamato and Genitro Camillo. We did talk about this. Uh, back in episode 258, not too long ago, 
about 15 episodes ago. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about this fight, man. Yeah, uh, you can't, like you said, you, you can't go 10-8 here. Valentina is winning pretty clearly for the first three and a half minutes. Not, not, not a huge margin, but she's doing pretty well landing the ones and twos, especially the jab on Grasso. Uh, then Valentina decides to clinch, and this was her downfall. She gets reversed, gets her back taken. Grasso starts landing some good shots, attacks some tight chokes. Uh, it just wasn't enough from going to go from losing 10-9 to winning 10-8. I mean, the damage just isn't there, so... I think it's just a 10 8 grasso. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it has to do with how well you think this choke that's kind of being put in uh is affecting, right? Is there there was an attempted choke from Grasso and mm-hmm. it just is it there or not? You don't have a really great angle at it. It's hard to tell. It didn't seem like yeah. it. Um and then also, you know, the the level of the ground and pound that is being delivered from Grasso. I don't I you could see how maybe it could start heading in a direction, but it never really got to the point where you really thought, oh man, Shevchenko's in a bad way. She's just taking some bad shots, you know, mm-hmm. and not for a very long time. No, just really the end of the round. Yeah, so that was, I, I do think we've absolutely rightfully placed this here in the top two. You had as the number one. I did not. And the reason being because I, in a vacuum, right? If this round is like the first round of like a general fight, right? Something on the prelims. We're not putting it this high, right? Right. But also why I had it at the top, it's the only one on the list that did change the outcome. You're right. And, and it was and that is fair. Because I'm I'm talking about one in a vacuum. You're talking about it in the in the context of what actually happened. And that is a that is major context. So you I, know you're what? absolutely right. You know what, Scott? I, I don't know what in a vacuum means. I <laughs> I looked it up. And I read the <laughs> definition, and I still don't understand what it means. My friend, I'm going to help you out because I like All you. All right. Um, <laughs> you could have just asked me. Um, um, in a vacuum essentially means, like, without the results of anything else, like, without the context of anything else. Like, if you're just looking at it by itself. Okay. You don't know it's a title fight. You don't know it's uh, the I fifth gotcha. round that could decide everything. It takes gotcha. place in a vacuum. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> You crack me up, my man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that but again, we don't live in a vacuum. We live in the real world. This really did actually change the results of not just a fight, but of a really important championship fight. Now, it doesn't mean that Valentina Shevchenko was robbed just because if it had actually been scored a nine, Mike Bell would have given uh, 48 to Shevchenko and 47 to Grasso, giving Shevchenko the win winning the rematch, getting her belt back from Alexa Grasso. Now, now that's, a, that's a reason why also it's not that bad because it doesn't change the future of the division. These two are still fighting for a third time. They will absolutely regardless, have to Regardless time. of the draw or if he scored a nine and Valentina won via split decision. They were and let's not forget, yeah, absolutely. So. This, this is a split no matter what. We have two yeah. judges, one on each side, who can score the fight viably for either woman. Junichiro Camijo, he rounds two, four, and five to Grasso. You can defend that. Mm-hmm. That is a very defensible scorecard. There is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. So there's no robbery here. No. Unless you want to consider, hey, someone should have won. That's why it's a robbery and nobody won. That's the only way you can say, okay, maybe it's a robbery. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I would allow it. And I can sort of get what you mean there, right? Yeah. I still don't grant it. I still don't say it. Okay. But uh but yeah, I mean nonetheless, we absolutely have to accept the fact that this did change. I just don't think again, it, if you take that out, would you put it at number 1? If you yeah, I mean if you take everything out, I don't even know if I have it. Yeah, no, I'd have it at probably not number 1, no. I 
think I would still have it on my. Well, It'd still be I, on the I, list because I can not tell me. you where I did have it on my list because again, it didn't it didn't make it to number one, but I did have it number three. My number two was uh, Lacerda Vergara because I thought that was just pretty egregious. <laughs> okay, that um, was. But but again, this this round is still it's still pretty rough, man. It's it's there's really only a little bit of time where this starts to get the other way, and it's not big. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wrong score. I made you know fantastic judge. I I can't stress it enough. Fantastic judge, bad score, bad yeah. score. We can have two things at one time that mean different things. It's real. Mm-hmm. We have that here, and hopefully. A round like this doesn't haunt uh, Mike Bell forever. In turn, I'm sure it won't haunt him forever, but hopefully it doesn't haunt it in the minds of everybody else. Because you know what we did see, actually, in the wake of this, Dan? I think we spoke about it back in that episode, uh, 258. Yeah, yeah. The, the fact that so many people on social media, which is like basically just tailor-made to lynch people mm-hmm. digitally, uh, most people, while mad and furious um, about probably losing money, um, or not winning money because <laughs> draw typically you're probably just getting your bet back, right? Uh, draw, you yeah, draw, bet. I think draw voids it, yeah, unless unless you do three way bet, right? I don't even know what that I mean. There's so many different ways to win now. They have point spread, so that you know what? I'm glad you kind of brought the gambling up, okay? <laughs> I do not, I do not bet on, on MMA, but I do know that they do have, yeah, not anymore. Um, they do have point spreads like they do in a regular like football match, right. And so if you're if you're not scoring eights and nines, you know, accurately, it could have effect that way. Could that's not so, something the judges should be concerned. No, about. No, they, they shouldn't be concerned about, but it should be. But aware it's another of. complication coming yeah. from the, the 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 crazy gambling masses. But but to go back to my point, I don't want to lose my point. Um, most people, most reasonable people, who follow the sport were kind of like they weren't just like, oh, Mike Bell's the worst, or oh, that Mike Bell again. There was a lot of people who were like, hey, this is a great judge too. Like we actually respect him. As a judge, he got this wrong. He got this wrong, yeah. but you know what? And it was like it was it was crazy to see because we never get that kind of rational reaction from social media. I was like, what is this? Yeah, it seems like Mike Bell had they gave him a little bit of a leash, a uh, little leeway, and and they weren't as harsh as they would have been. Who I mean, they're never nice. Uh, you know, if they disagree with Sal D'Amato, they're never nice if they disagree with Chris Lee. They disagree with seeing Sal D'Amato's name. <laughs> if God forbid, Adelaide Bird. Oh yeah, she just no. gets roasted. Yeah, it's like well, hey, you used to do that. Well, that was a long time ago. That's true. You have, uh, you're enlightened now. You've you've come to the path of the light. Um, and look, you mentioned Adelaide Bird. It, 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 you know, her name is is on some of the rounds that uh, have come up. So it's not like it's not like she is uh, flawless, right? But no. uh, much much sharper than I think a lot of people realize. I, I was just I would just point out who's not getting any leeway with anybody on social media. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's most of the judges. Um, <laughs> and this, I mean, I, I I saw every judge under the sun, even the ones that like you never hear from. Someone I I I saw everybody get complained about on social media. If I would say, oh, judges are this fight, they'd be like, oh damn, they mess up everything. I'm like, do you even know who they are? <laughs> Craziness. But yeah, unfortunately, this was. Uh, the one fight that really did have a, a, a tangible effect. But let's go to number one now, man. And this one, it has nothing to do with what could have happened. It just was, this was bad, man. This was so bad. Can we agree? This was really bad. This was not a good one. <laughs> Round one of the fight we already mentioned, Amarin and uh, Conel Ruiz. Dude, it's Tony Weeks again, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good old. This Tony. is the fourth time in seven rounds of this eight nine list that we're talking about Tony Weeks being on the wrong end, and again, in another case where he gave an eight as opposed to a nine. Um, and this one is way worse, dude, because Camillo and McCarthy they knew it was an eight. This is so much worse than the first one, even. Let's talk about what happened here. I mean, immediately, Amarim's on top and in mount and landing good, solid ground and pound the entire round. She attacks a super tight arm bar. They, she, it gets escaped, but she's, she attacks an omoplata, and she's kind of on the bottom a little bit. And then she's, you know what? I'm just going to try to choke you. And she gets right back on the back, and she's in another super tight rear naked choke. Uh, before ending the round with more ground and pound. I'm not going to say. No, I'm going to say. How was this a nine? I wasn't going to Oh, you say whatever you want. This is the like, worst. How is this a nine? In what world? I mean, we're. this is closer to a seven. It's not a seven, but it's closer to a seven than it is a nine. It is so much closer to a seven than a nine. You're absolutely right. Uh, the reason it wouldn't get to a seven is is there's a little too much grappling damage happening. Yeah. That's usually not what puts you over in a seven scenario. I think we've pretty much talked to some judges who more or less agreed that there's probably no way to get a grappling centric seven. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can have grappling in there, but well, the way it's worded it's now, yeah, it's, what's that? It, it the grappling damage would have to be defined and overhauled uh, mm-hmm. to make it possible. Yeah. Now, of course, if you have like several knockdowns plus a, a close choke in there, um, I'm thinking back to Davis and Figueroa. Yeah, I was thinking the same and, thing. Uh, Joseph Benavides, that round that almost made it out. And might have been one of the most yeah. lopsided rounds that's ever happened at, mm-hmm. in the UFC. Period. Yeah, I would. You can even put that round, by the way, which again ended about twelve seconds shy of the finish of the <laughs> round or the bell, I should say. That round is probably way more lopsided even than Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard round one of the second fight. I think I'd agree. I think I'd agree too. But again, he he was stopped just short of that. To get back to this fight, though, this is. This is really bad. This is I, I I wrote in all caps on our on our little list here. Egregious. <laughs> that's a word I've been throwing out here, but this is the one. This yeah. is the one that's like, what are we doing here, Tony? And this is round one, and it's another round one we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if okay, did we? What happened is, did we set the tone and say this can't be a nine? And I mean, this can't be an eight. I got to give it a nine here. And then in the next round, which again we already spoke about, this was number four on our list. Say okay, well. I can't make this an eight if that one wasn't an eight. So got to give it a nine here too. <laughs> so we're, so through two rounds of this fight, which uh, Camillo and McCarthy have at 20 to 16 going into the third round, Tony Weeks has it at 20 to 18. Yeah. He's two points off. He's got the same winners each time. What is going on here? This is, that's real bad. I, I hope that there was a conversation or two uh, after this one to try and bring Tony Weeks's compass back because it, it was again it was broken flat broken yeah it's broken. I, I, how are we talking about four tony weeks rounds here we almost never talk about tony weeks on the show we, we said this before he's not like someone that we like quote unquote bag on or something like that not in any way but now i'm not I'm, like because of doing this exercise i'm now realizing just how much tony weeks is completely off on what they're supposed to be doing with the eights and the nines it's it's all eight and it's it's all eights and nines he doesn't really have mm-hmm. an issue with, with round winner no, no, so. not at all. I can't remember. I mean, sometimes we disagree, but that, you know, usually it's, yeah. or basically every time it's, hey, we can cut a seat, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I didn't get to talk about this one, man. This, like I said, this was from the episode you and Spencer did. This was, yeah, this was a, 
I mean, I was kind of shocked at the time. I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about this one. I didn't go back and listen to the episode. I listened to it at the time. I, I was walking along. Uh, I forget what body of water it was, but I was walking around at a park in Seattle. I got my headphones in and I'm walking with my family and I'm listening to you and uh, and Spencer talk about this, this fight. And I don't distinctly remember what you guys had said at the time. But were you like heated? I, I, I think I was just upset we were talking about it. I'm like, we should be. <laughs> okay. we More should, annoyed, right? We should not be talking about this round. Yeah. In this context, we should be talking if this is a 10-7. Yeah. And we just, also, this and in the next round as well. Because we, we talked about that earlier. Uh, rounds one and round two should have been slam dunk 10-8. And they just weren't scored that way. Mm. <sighs> also, I drove that show. I usually don't have to drive. Usually just to be the passenger. Oh, oh! I thought you mean you yeah. were driving. I'm like, how could you do that? You have to record. <laughs> you have the, you have to say, but yeah, I, I'm following you. Yeah, how was that for you, by the way? Was it, it was, a little weird? It, it was weird. I, I thought I got the hang of it towards the end. Yeah, once yeah. it was over, <laughs> I was like, Don't oh, worry. now I'm getting the hang of it. I, 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 I was so, I was so disappointed with it. I'll never go away again. Ever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You and Spencer had a good time. I think you guys did a good job. Um, shout out to Spencer, even though he didn't come to, he didn't want me to see him in Canada. Jerk. <laughs> No, nah, I love Spencer. Happy New Year, Spencer. That is it for our list. That was number one. That, that's it for the eight nines. We've got six wrong round winners to break down, too. And then, then we'll kind of head out, uh, get some dishonorable mentions, a little honorable mentions, too. But that's for later. Now's the one where I think this is probably where Dan's even more mad, right? Yeah, because I, I, we, we shouldn't have it? talked about these. Mm-hmm. But we did. That we did. Um, not really a whole lot of uh, a, a, a sleek transition here, but... Let's start it off with the uh, the sixth ro- worst wrong round winner score of the year, and that came in round one of J.J. Aldrich versus Liang Na, who got the win in round two by TKO. This was a fight night in Singapore back on August 26th. We talked about it in episode 255. Because this was in Singapore, we had judges kind of being pulled in from different parts of, of the world. Um, you know, some Aussie judges, some, you know, judges from that region of the world. Um, and then also, uh, some English European judges. So this is actually the second example we have of a couchside override Mm -hmm. being, uh, coinciding with this being around we're talking about. And that is two judges got it wrong. That is Howie Booth and Luke Hill both scored 10-9 for Liang. You know who got it right? Who? David Letheby. Good old David Letheby. He gave this one to Aldridge. And that is the right way to go. That's what we have deemed on this show. Why is it the right way to go? Uh, well, this is a clear round for Aldridge. We'll start at that. Uh, on the feet, she's the one landing all the heavy, impactful shots. Liang's missing quite a bit. You know, she gets a couple headlock takedowns, does nothing with them. Uh, maybe lands a punch or two. But also eats a couple elbows from the bottom, especially in the first exchange. Aldridge ends the round on top from a failed headlock takedown by Nah, uh, landing a couple shots. Now, here's where I fall Outridge. She could have done more with her position there. Uh, but I I still remain adamant that she didn't need to to win the round. Um, but she should be seen as the winner here at 10-9. Yeah. Could you do more? Sure. There's a In every round, if there's mm-hmm. there are opportunities left on the table. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of times there's opportunities mm-hmm. left on the table. Um it didn't matter because there's no reason to watch this round and come away with the understanding that Liang did more here. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that. Um, I don't really know what we're looking for to give this one to Aldridge. I don't know what judges Booth or Hill saw to give it to Liang. 
I'm just glad that Judge Lesby was in the chair to give it the right way because, mm-hmm. I mean, for goodness sakes, this is only round one and again, fight ended in round two. But if we've got a majority score that's wrong, that's kind of the type of thing that opens the door for a potential, you know, robbery situation, right? Mm-hmm. If you get one judge who got it wrong in one round, and I mean straight wrong, usually you can kind of make it through. Not with two. It's a little harder, especially in women's fights. They can often be very close. You know, there's no reason to think that Leanne couldn't have, you know, maybe taken a round somewhere two and three. You just never know because it puts Aldrich at the corner of, geez, I did everything I was supposed to do in round one to at least win it. And then she basically can't make another mistake. Yeah, she's got to be perfect after that. Uh, so real unfortunate situation. She took matters in her own hands and ended it in round two. Like mm-hmm. I said, that is the uh, saving grace here. But uh, it shouldn't have come to that. This is a bad score. We unfortunately do see this type of thing happen more frequently when we're talking about that region of the world, you know, Aussie judges and that kind of thing. Um, David Leatherby is a much more veteran and experienced judge than, I mean, Howie Booth's been doing this a while, but it's they just don't have as many fights in that region that utilize the 10, not 10 point must system, the ABC system. So there's less reps. Uh, that you get there and it can you know probably just lead to less sharpness i would imagine mm-hmm. so but hopefully uh, a situation that once again i imagine somebody like mark ratner is probably ha- able to have a conversation with these guys and say oh, this is what we're kind of looking for and that kind of thing because he is uh head of regulatory affairs for the ufc and very experienced uh from his time with nevada and, and again just knows knows the stuff right mm-hmm. let's move on to the fifth fight on this list Round two of Elvis Brenner's victory, split decision over Zubair Tuhugov, 30-27, 29-28, and then a 29-28 the other way for Tuhugov. This was, this is actually the first UFC pay-per-view that we're talking about uh, on on one of these rounds. UFC 284, back on February 12th last year in Australia, same region of the world. I mean, Singapore is, of course, Asia, but more or less same judging pool. The wrong score here is to give it to Brenner 10-9. The right score by ex- by extension would be to Ugov 10-9. Evan Field, uh very experienced judge out of that region of the world, um gave the wrong score here. Just didn't didn't nail it this time. Um Derek Cleary and Barry Foley, another experienced judge from that region. Derek Cleary, of course, we know works stateside uh all over the place. My judge of the year for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um got a remind of that. He got it right with Barry Foley. Why did Brenner get this one wrong? Well, I think it's pretty clearly a Tuhugov round. Brenner missed a ton of his strikes. Among some of the ones that he did land, uh, he had a nice head kick early and a nice body kick. I want to point out that throughout this round, Tuhugov is bleeding from the face. It is not new damage. This is previous round damage. Yes. Throughout the round, Tuhugov is the one landing the stiff, impactful shots. He's the right score. Are we basically just talking about a situation like because I, I think I made this note, right? It's like he the blood alone fooled uh, Judge Evan Field here. It's like the only ex- explanation I can really come up with. Yeah, I, I would have to I would have to think that. And I don't know that. I mean, again, we're, we're this is this is just reaching for reasons that we don't know. But we're just trying to come up with. Well, why is this here? Why is this here? And it's the only thing that makes sense to me is that the presence of the blood. But. That's it. That there's no reason to give this to to Brenner otherwise. Like is that? It's like it's not opening a new cut. It's just knocking off the Vaseline that's stopping the blood. Yeah. From coming out on its own. Yeah. It's weird. Now the the saving grace here is even though this is a split decision, 
this round could not have changed the result here because Evan Field was that 30-27 score for Brenner. You take the, the point, throw it to Ugov's way, you've just got another 29-28 for Brenner, which is a very reasonable score. We are split on, uh, on round one as well. That round was uh, Barry Foley gave that to Tuhugov. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. They, you, know, you can kind of go either way with that one. A split decision is fine. 29-28 either way is fine. 30-27 is not. That's the bad score. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I think it's just more offensive that the round was given this way than, uh, than in Aldrich and, and Lina. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I would agree. All right. I had this one probably a little higher than you, actually. Oh, no, you did. I'm sorry. Actually, you know what? I kind of regret. I, I had it. I had this behind here. I've kind of talked myself into it. I had this number five and I had Lena four. So I've kind of talked myself into it. I think I would switch okay. them if I was uh, given a chance to, well, the to only, go back. The only reason, we'll I, the only reason I, I have this uh, Aldrich behind is because, I mean, she could have done more. I mean, she really could have. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, there's 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 nothing here that I can give to uh, Brenner. So I I thankfully we had Derek Cleary there, we had Barry Foley here. Everything went as smoothly, and and it could have been a split decision. That's fine. Moving on to our top four. Number four here is the third round between Angelusa and Reese McKee, which went down as a unanimous decision to 29, 28, and 30, 27. Did I do that right? Is that what it was? I believe so. Some reason I'm having a doubt in my head. I've got to double check that what the final scores were. Uh, yeah, we had two twenty and twenty eight, and thirty twenty seven. Okay. That is correct. Um, in Patty, say again. It was in Patty. In Patty, yes, in Gay Patty. Um, back on September seventh, this was a, a a fight second. Excuse me, that was a fight night. We talked about it in episode two fifty six. There were a lot of these rounds on here that happened like within a month or so of each other. It was okay. just kind of like a bad stretch. Like, we went, like, all summer and, like, most of spring without any of these, and then all of a sudden it got, like, bad. <laughs> I remember... The real, the real bad ones here. I think I'm I remember here. texting you um, complaining that we have to talk about this round well, in particular. Yeah. I mean, I do that often. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, can we can we peek behind the curtain and say that this is something you do often? Yeah. All the time, actually? Yeah. I, I mean, you you get furious with me when they're when they're about to pitch a shutout, and you're like, ah, oh, they dropped the ball. They, they got a round that was split on. It's totally reasonable. Now we got to talk about it. I just root for perfection. Nice. Just but once. you're kind of like a taskmaster. You root for protection, for perfection. But when they don't hit it, you're like again, again. Yeah, again. But again, we could have done it, guys. We could do it <laughs> one day. Um, but here we are. We are talking about this round uh, that happened back in September. Angelusa got the win. No one was questioning that. So we're at round three. He's already up two rounds on every card. But two judges rightfully gave the third round to McKee, and those were David Leatherby and Dow Ransom, mm -hmm. our uh, our English judges coming coming over to come over to France to work this one. The French judge Christophe Chapuis gave this one to Losa. Um, no, no, that's, a, that's exactly what you wrote. No, right? I no. I think I wrote no many 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 times. <laughs> I it was, it, uh, no, 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 different round, different round. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was uh, no, let's see. I wrote my, my little note here was very clear. McKee flips it in the final minute with big damage. Does that sound about right? That to you? sounds exactly right. Uh, so what's happening in the, the rest of the round though? Losa gets a quick takedown, lands a couple punches, eating some elbows from the bottom from McKee off his back. But you know, if the round ends now, it's pretty easy to score for Losa. Yeah, there's not really much that McKee has done. 
halfway point, they get it back on the feet, and, you know, it's kind of even, slightly tilted for McKee. Uh, in the final minute is where it all changes. McKee shoves Losa to the ground, has him running away. He's landing some big shots, has Losa clearly hurt. It, you can't score this at Losa round. No. Just can't happen. I had this higher on the list, I believe. You my, might have. Yeah. And, and I think, again, this is another situation where, like, you almost can't go wrong. You had this one as your number two round. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because I had this lower. And the reason I had this lower, I had this as, as my six on this list. The reason I had this lower is because I think this was a round that basically because it flips near the end, it's like, okay, it's it's not as kind of like you're heading in one direction most of the time, I think, with a lot of these other rounds we've spoken about and we'll mm-hmm. speak about. This was the one where it's like there is a distinct change of, of, of momentum. And it's like, okay, how much do you weigh that against the rest of the round? Now, as a, as a judge who's working at UFC event, you ought to be able to distinguish that anyway, which is why its presence on this list makes total sense. Uh, Christophe Chapuis uh, is a French judge. We have Angelusa, who, if I'm not mistaken, he's from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, but I believe he does train out of uh, France. So sort of a local fighter. I don't know if we're getting a a local fighter discount kind of thing here, kind of what they used to believe was happening when uh, the fights would go to... would go to Brazil, right? It was notorious that the, I guess technically he does identify as uh, fighting out of Switzerland, right? So he's not not technically a local, but. Wait, wait, real quick on this yes. subject. I was at a live fight. Sean Santella beat uh, a Brazilian fighter by decision. Uh-huh. The Brazilian fighter grabbed the microphone and said, Brazilian's never going to get a fair decision in the United States. <laughs> and slammed the mic and walked off. I love that. That's, that's really funny. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. Like, I didn't want him to lose, but also, you know, as we know, Sean Santella was uh, our jiu-jitsu coach, so yeah. I don't feel bad. <laughs> um, so full, full, uh, <laughs> full disclosure there, of course. No, he he is he is a, a Swiss fighter, so he's not quite local there, but he's mm-hmm. probably close enough. He probably had some local support there. Um, nonetheless, neither here nor there. It doesn't really matter how we got there. The wrong person was given that round. Um, I'm just quick glancing at MMA uh, decisions here, and only one of the media scores actually gave all three rounds to uh, Angelusa. It was uh, Keith Schilling over at Sherdog. Sure I know Keith, but uh, sorry, Keith, you got this one wrong, my man. Mm-hmm. And so did Christoph Shapley, whose opinion actually mattered, but it didn't actually change the result of the fight because, again, Losa had banked two rounds. In fact, you awarded a 10 8 in one of the first two rounds I'm seeing right here. All right. I mean, I have no idea. I'm not sure which round you gave the 10-8. What, what episode was this one? Uh, Actually, you gave round two as a, as a, an 8. I'm seeing your score. Round two was an 8 for Losa? You gave an 8 to Losa for round two. Uh, maybe he had an 8. I don't know. I can't remember what that fight. You're not the only one. Uh, we got Nolan King. Of course, we know Nolan. Uh, Drake Riggs. We know Drake. What episode was this one? This was episode, did I say that? It was episode 256. Why don't you go listen to it? We'll we'll take a break from this episode. You go listen to that episode, and then we'll come back to this episode. Okay. No, don't do that. Please don't. <laughs> I want to get this done. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so again, it didn't really matter. Let's move. I, do you have anything more to say about this? One? Yeah, we're done with this round. I think we are. Let's move to the top three. And this <laughs> now we're in thinking like real bad territory here. Uh, personally, round four of Corey Sanhagen against Marlon Cheeto Vera, which went down as a split decision. By scores of 50-45, 49-46, and then back the other way at 48-47. That's always uh, 
that's always a red flag. It doesn't mean on its own that the judge, the, the, the out judge here got it wrong, but we're a couple points off now. So we got to figure out what's going on. And round four, as we talked about back in episode 233, which is the same episode, I should point out as the CJ Vergara, Daniel Lacerda round that we talked about. This was the headliner in San Antonio, which again is in what state? Texas. Texas. Lone Star State. And here's another judge we actually just spoke about when we were talking about that uh, particular event. Joel Ojeda, mm-hmm. who awarded this round, wrongly I might add, to Cheeto Vera. The judges who got this one right in our assessment are Chris Lee and Sal D'Amato, giving this 10-9 to Sanhagen. Then. What the heck happened? Well, it's mostly a striking affair. Sanhagen uh, does take a few, he does shoot a few takedowns attempts, isn't able to get it. Um, I think he got credit with one, no? Or am I thinking of the uh, other? The fifth round, we also talked about potentially for this, and uh, that one didn't qualify for Mm -hmm. the list. It wasn't as strong. Uh, I think Sanhagen's just landing in bunches, definitely has the volume edge. Cheeto just doesn't have enough activity. If he's landing, it's one at a time. don't think it's very often uh, that he actually is landing. He does have a nice flurry at the end of the round, Diego Sanchez style. But, you know, that, <laughs> that's not going to do it. And I mean, I think this is a pretty easy Sanhagen round. This is a super easy Sanhagen round. I'm sorry. This is. And honestly, that fifth round, too, is probably pretty easy, too. I think we did have it on the list for a reason. It just didn't qualify as as strong as some of these for our mm-hmm. our particular uh, worst scores list here for, for the show. Right. Um but this is definitely the round where it's like, man, you can't give this one to Cheeto. You just can't. It doesn't work. <laughs> this has to be Sanhagen. You have to reward the actions that are happening because of Corey Sanhagen. You cannot do that with Cheeto Vera, which, by the way, is, is crazy that we're now not just about a year after this fight. We're going to be watching Marlon Vera against Sean O'Malley for the title. Vera loses this to Sanhagen. Very definitely, no matter what, if it's a split decision or not, this is this is definitely a loss. And Sanhagen wins his next fight. Cheeto wins his next fight. But Cheeto's the one who gets the title shot over Corey Sanhagen because presumably people didn't love his uh, last performance, Sanhagen. And also he was coming off of it. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it, was, it definitely reminded me of how weird that situation is. It's almost like, oh, well, we just want this fight to happen because Sean O'Malley had lost to him and we think that would be more fun. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Anyway, um, well, I said that. According, the, the, what's that? Nah, never mind. We'll, we'll go down too deep a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, no, we, we've got. Go. I think we probably found too many rabbit holes along the way, right? Yeah. We we probably, we probably got to try to work our way toward the end here a little bit. Um, this this round again, you're not talking about something that would have changed the winner here. Corey Sanhagen had two very lopsided scorecards his way: fifty forty five and forty nine forty six. But if we get this one right. We are not talking about a split decision anymore. We're calling this a unanimous decision. Does it really matter? No. But I think if you at least get three judges who all have Corey Sandhagen the winner here, we don't have as much hand-wringing. We're probably a little less down about having to talk about it. Yeah. Um, as well, you especially. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just, a split decision, right or not, it's going to imply to people, okay, we had a close fight, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have that here. Whether that's true or not, whether that's fair or not, that's what it's going to say to the world. And realistically, that's what, it should not be a split. Joel Ojeda got it wrong again. Um, 
That's two times he's on this list. He's on it for uh, one for one for a wrong winner and one for the uh, eight nine split. I think it's fair to say the next time they go to Texas, we probably should not be seeing Joel Ojeda work a main event. <laughs> I think it's probably good to give another judge a chance from Texas to hopefully not drop the ball. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, want to move on to two? Yeah. Let's get to our, to our our runner up for worst wrong winner. And this is a Bellator round. The only Bellator round on our on our list for this show. We had another one that we, we didn't quite make the cut. Um, this one was back at Bellator 293 over March 31st in Temecula, California. We actually talk about this the next week after Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Vera, episode 234. The fighting question is the first round of Adam Piccolotti's victory over Man, uh, Mando Nalo. He finished this fight by round three submission with a rear naked choke. And really, it's a good thing we that he did. We'll get to that a little later. But the wrong scores were submitted by two judges. We're talking about couchside override once again. Elliot Kelly and Chris Crail, veteran judges working many events in California, especially Chris Crail. He's worked, he's worked uh, as I understand it, um, more bigger fights than Elliot Kelly has. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering, but Chris Crail has has a wealth of experience that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Not as much as Mike Bell, who got this one right, gave this to Piccolotti instead of Nalo. Uh, as Kelly and, and Crail did. I know I made you watch a Bellator round. At least it was on YouTube, and I gave you a timestamp. Yeah, that helped. That helped, right? It's yeah. not so bad. Yeah. But even even when you watch on ESPN Plus with, uh, with the UFC fights, you got to find the time. I gave it to you. I made it easy. Yeah, but they separated by fight. They yeah. just know the fight. It's like I don't know why they can't do it for PFL as well. You're on the same service, like split it up the same way. Well, when I talked to uh, Don Davis right when they had uh, – announced the purchase of Bellator. He did talk about, we'll wait and see what actually comes of this, but he did talk about the fact that Bellator or that PFL is planning a, uh, a much bigger uh, library for uh, fights that people can watch. And that would include the PFL catalog, presumably the world series of fighting catalog uh, and, uh, and now Bellator as well. So they ha- they're touting thousands and thousands of fights that they can, they can be able to show you. Um, how they will present that, I have no idea. I hope it is better than Bellator was ever able to achieve, and I hope it's way better than what PFL has tried to do. So we'll see what happens out of that. But that's neither here nor there. That's another rabbit hole, man. We got to fill in that rabbit hole. Um, tell me why we're talking about this round. Well, it's pretty clear for Piccolotti. Um, sure is. I do want to say I had this round much lower than you did. Um, you did. Uh, I thought Nalo did do pretty well on the feet, and I do think he had the edge there. Uh, it's mostly him throwing front teep kicks uh to the body of Piccolotti. Uh but once nice he gets take once he gets taken down, he gets his back taken. He's eating solid shots. He's losing all the transitions. I mean he's kind of getting dominated in this sense of the grappling. It and it it pushes over to Piccolotti and it pushes over to Piccolotti by quite a big margin. Um not in the sense of an eight. I'm not saying that, but sure. a, a decent amount. It's like he He's the clear winner of this round. I had this number one on my list. I, I, my, my notes are as follows: all caps. How do you give that to Nalo? <laughs> you can't. This is this is so bad. This is really bad. I don't know what it is we're we're counting here. This is so clear. This is abundantly clear that this is a piccolati round. It just is, and and, and that's. I'm talking about this in a vacuum too, like to bring back bring back our uh, our vocabulary of the week, right? Um, in a vacuum, this is a bad round. 
when you account for the context of it, too, it gets worse, dude. This round very likely would have changed the result of the fight if Adam Piccolotti doesn't get his rear naked choke submission finish with 34 seconds left in the whole fight. Mm-hmm. Because he does lose round two on all the cards. Nalo wins round two. So because it's a minority score that was wrong, or that, that, that basically got wrong, um, and was not given to the right winner, we're already in a situation where Piccolotti needs that finish to win. If he just goes out there and gets a 10-9 in round three, he's losing this fight. And that would be robbery. That would have been an actual robbery. <laughs> I don't think we had a robbery this year. Unless, again, if you want to if you want to define robbery as someone who should have won, didn't win, in which case neither woman in uh, Shevchenko, Grasso won, and that sort of meets that description. I'm still saying no. but um, This would have been an actual robbery. Rose and Carla robbed me of my time. Well, that's a little different. Oh. Wait, that was last year. Oh. That was two years ago. I mean, that was 2022. I'm still upset about it. I I understand, but you know what? We're getting close to the point where I'm going to say, you know, shut up, move okay. on. <laughs> we're we're here, man. We're we're in March 31st, 2023, and then, and we're talking about it in 2024, technically 2023. Although you time traveled, right? Yes. Um. Yes, of course. Um. No, I I'm fuming about this one. This I'm just so glad that Adam Piccolotti was able to do what he needed to do and get the win because good golly, what if he didn't? <laughs> crisis averted just barely um like i said 34 seconds 34 seconds that's it <laughs> he was so close <laughs> man oh man <sighs> all right the last round my man we are at this point did i did i say who who saved the day by the way on this round mike bell you did not say that no credit where it's due mike bell was number two for the wrong reasons on the other list he's number two for the right reason on this save list. save the day it's, look at that. Sometimes you're the goat. Sometimes you're the hero. <laughs> Hope he comes back soon. Save the day as well. Um, this brings us to our, our final round that we're going to go over here. The number one worst wrong winner of 2023. This was your number one, my number two. Uh, the third round of Dan Hooker, who got the win over Jalen Turner by split decision. 229-28 for him. 129-28 for Turner. This was back at UFC 290, July 8th, T-Mobile Arena, the big 4th of July-ish International Fight Week event of the year. We talked about this back in episode 248. Jalen Turner was awarded this round, 10-9 by Judge Adelaide Byrd. Derek Cleary and Ron McCarthy gave this one to Dan Hooker. I'm sorry, but Ms. Bird got this one very wrong. So, I, I, before we talk, I want to say, and the judges, when we did the the top round, I, I said that like I remember this fight for the good judging. I was talking about the round round one uh, and round I... two, where <laughs> yeah, they. I remember no, I, no, I remember this. I gave praise for them nailing these scores, and then obviously round three, I, I forgot about. Um, <laughs> you forgot. Well, then, here's your reminder a week later. So here's yeah, this was this is bad. Round three is bad. Rounds one and two, very good, very good. Can't win them all, I guess. Round three, bad. So why is it bad? We we have to illustrate to our, to our listeners why this is bad. Okay, so it is pretty close on the feet early. Both guys are landing, you know, with good effect. I think Hooker's a bit fresher, lands some shots that, you know, forces Turner to, to try to shoot for a takedown, doesn't get the takedown, and then Hooker drops him, you know, with a nice shot uh, a little while later and is on top of him, landing strikes. I mean, he eats a couple elbows from the bottom, but it's mostly Hooker ground and pound for the final three minutes. 
I don't see how anyone can watch the round and be like, yep, that's a turnaround for sure, and then score it for them. Sure. Two media members on MMA decisions did score it for Turner. Not sure if they well, had a third round for him. Well, I, yeah, I can point out to you. I can at least tell you that uh, that our guy Jay Petri, who, of course, we went through the ABC uh, judge, judge and referee training with, he did award the fight to Turner, mm-hmm. but it was rounds one and two. Yep. I don't remember, distinctly remember what the argument would have been for round two, but all three of the uh, the listed sure dog judges here, or sure dog scorers, I should say, uh, Jay Petrie, Ben Duffy, shout out to Ben, uh, and Edwin Ayala, they all had this one as a hooker round two. So at least there was that. Okay. I don't, again, I, I can't speak to whether they, they dropped the ball on. Uh... No, I think one and, one and two, I, th- I remember for sure. I was very happy with the judging. But again, I don't know if round two could have, could have swung because it did not. This was a unanimous hooker round from all three judges in round two. This round is round three, of course. And for Judge Bird to give this round to uh, Turner, it just you, you can't you can't really see it. No, <laughs> you just can't. No, <laughs> not 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 this one. Great. Fight. I still feel like Great if fight. this had been, I feel like. Dude, if, if this uh, if Piccolotti, if the Bellator round had been a UFC round and like a, in a main event or something like that, you would have given it number one over this one. I, I feel that way. Yeah, well, I mean, that's also what goes in my decision. It's like, I mean, because <laughs> you don't like Bellator. Who cares? You don't have to care like, who, who cares? Like, <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things, is Adam Piccolotti versus Mandel Nalo the, is the result in either man's career like that big a deal? Piccolotti is a rising prospect. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think something like this can really set somebody back. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in 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 the sense that it's a fight, say thir- you want you want to get it right. Thirty five and is actually thirteen and five. So I'm thinking of somebody else entirely. So forget. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. But he would. Hey, he would have lost two in a row. Maybe in three out of four. Maybe he gets cut. Now he's on the roster for PFL. It does definitely change things. Absolutely. Mm. The stakes are high. They're just more personal, I guess. But either way, this was a bad one. No matter how you slice it, round round three of, of Hooker Turner, you you have to give this one to Hooker. The damage is too high. It's so clear. Um, I can't. I I can't. I can't uh, accept an argument the other way. Any more well, thoughts? I, on well, this here's thing? I, mean, I, I should I, I should point out it wouldn't have changed the winner at least. Well, you you see that you 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 try to judge without uh, this vacuum um, that I just learned about. Wait, you, what? You judge it in the vacuum. Yeah. Where you rank it? See, I, I kind of take all the other factors in in play. Well, like I said, if I, if I was if I actually added in the factors, I would have given even more credit to Piccolotti because mm-hmm. because he would have lost the fight. Right? No, I understand that he loses the fight, and it's it's mm-hmm. bad for him. It becomes but I also a robbery. I just don't. I just don't. You telling me it's... you wouldn't put a robbery up at number one? I pro- I mean, I guess you have to. You would absolutely do that, hundred percent. I hate when you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, yeah, so it would it would not have been a split decision if Judge Bird had scored this one for Hooker. It would have just been a straight unanimous nod um, instead of a quirky like, "What? Why is this split?" You know. <clears throat> but at least we wouldn't have had that robbery thing, right? And again, Piccolotti did not get robbed because he took matters in his own hands. He won. So. You know what they? You know what Dane always likes to say, right? Never leave it in the hands of judges. Yeah. Da, 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 da. That's why I had. I mean, that's why I had Gaethje and Fiziev higher. Yeah, uh, you did. Yeah, you you had this one, and I actually kind of left it off. That was one of the ones that we could have had on, and, and I kind of opted not to. I put. I just because it's more high profile. Mm-hmm. That's no, kinda, absolutely. That's I, I, I went there. there. I get it. I get it. 
Actually, you know what? I'll give you a peek because you gave you gave one of your, like more or less an honorable mention. That mm-hmm. was an eight nine split. I'll give another honorable mention. This is one of the two rounds that we could have done, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna peel back the curtain a little bit for you guys. Misha Tate, Julia Avila, which didn't happen all that long ago. Episode two sixty nine. It was one of the last events we had. Um, the first round of that, I I think it's not great to give that one as a uh, as a nine. That it, that's a ten eight round for Misha Tate. Chris Lee was the one who gave gave only a nine there. Shut out. Shut Which is crazy because out. Chris Lee again gave the ten the ten seven round of the year. So what are we looking for? Come on, consistency, crazy consistency. It's all I want. But, uh, yeah, so that was that was the only one I had that I, I left off. You, by the way, you, you might as well point out Justin Gaethje Fiziev. That was the third round. Um, the the judge who gave uh a, only a or gave a ten eight I should say to Justin Gaethje was Paul Sutherland. Mark Collette and Clemens Werner, they were the ones who gave nines rightfully to Justin Gaethje, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh that pretty much does it though, right? That does that's well, our you, list. You got, well, that does it for for the list. Yeah, yeah. We got some dishonorable mentions here. I just wanted to point out too that there was one round this year that we actually singled out as a round we that we thought should be on our greater list of, you know, rounds we thought were not scored right. Um in which all three judges actually were on the same page. We don't like to do that. We tend to just defer to the judges. This one was, one, it was a little too much. And number two, it was all local judges who realistically just don't have the the earned trust with national audiences um, and people like us who actually look at this kind of thing. Who, who looks at this kind of thing besides us? There's no people like us. It's just us. <laughs> um, <laughs> people like us are you and me. Uh, but, the, but we did disagree with the first round of uh of our of the CSJ favorite Jocelyn Edwards versus uh Lucia Pudilova. You know, Pudilova loses this fight on the cards. Um, but uh round one we thought definitely should have been uh, a Pudilova round. It actually all went to Edwards. It's it's not the biggest one, but I felt like we had to single it out. The judges on that one, this was in a, in uh Kansas City, Missouri. So the local judges here were Ross Swanberg, Henry Gary, and David Hoyette. That reminds me of uh, Miller Boyette Productions. Miller Boyette? Yeah, I remember Miller Boyette. What did they yeah. do? Uh, Full House, okay. Family Matters. Oh, I love Family uh, Matters. Step by Step, I believe. You know, I was watching... Um, You ever watch the show... This is very much a non-sequitur. Um, do you ever watch the Amazon Prime animated show, Invincible, superhero show? No. Okay, so I just watched it the other day at a, at a friend's recommendation. Binged it really quick. There's only 12 episodes and like a special that are available right now so it wouldn't take you long but there is a high school where a lot of these kids go the high school is reginald bell johnson high school ah. <laughs> the principal is principal winslow oh that's awesome <laughs> and he is voiced by reginald bell johnson i like that i might watch it yeah. because of that <laughs> it was very you should you should watch the show anyway but isn't that fun yeah it is good there you go there you go <laughs> Um, total, total random there. Um, another things I wanted to point out the fact that, yes, we mentioned Tony weeks four times. He had the most rounds on our greater list too, which again, included 26 in all, uh, again, no, no wrong round winners and round winners. If I could talk, it was all, uh, of the eight, nine variety. We had three rounds each from Adelaide bird and Joel Ojeda. We talked about two from Ojeda. We talked about one, uh, from bird, uh, but they had rounds from both lists right the eight nine and the wrong winner five of the rounds on that greater list happened at the two texas events uh that the ufc held and then uh, of course 
There were a lot of events internationally. Over three continents, Asia, Europe, and Australia, we had seven of our rounds came from there. So almost half of our list comes from either international events or Texas. Hmm. I feel like that's not a giant, you know, you know, portion of the UFC slash Bellator and PFL calendar that we talk about. So the fact that we had so many from there, I think is a sign that depending on where you go in Europe, Asia, or Australia, particularly Europe, you do got to be a little more you mean particularly Australia. what kind of judging you're going to get, right? You mean particularly Australia? Particularly Australia, but, you know, we also have Singapore, where the judges often come from Australia as well. I know, region. but you, you said particularly Europe. I think that's... No, I was, what I mean by that is oh. Europe, it's it's less of a problem. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, I mean, we're getting judges like, you know, Ben Cartledge, David Leatherby, who, again, was... was uh, the savior on a couple of these rounds that we mm-hmm. talked about. Um, we're getting guys like that, guys we trust, Daryl Ransom. Um, it's a little less when we go to, you know, an area where say we gotta rely on Luke Hill, you know? Gotcha. Or Christoph Chapuis, unfortunately. <laughs> Every time we go to France, we're probably gonna hear his name again. Hopefully, uh hopefully it won't be for negative next time. Mm. But uh, but yeah, so that was those were unfortunately the negative honor dishonorable mentions. There are some honorable mentions. And at this point, I really just wanted to shout out the judges who made the right call uh, at least three times on these rounds that either we talked about or that were on our greater list. You might have heard some of these, but and some of these names, most of these names are not going to surprise you. But Sal D'Amato is number one here. 11 out of 26 rounds. He was uh, the guy giving it the right way a couple times in the minority, too. So those are some big overrides. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junitro Camillo had seven. Derek Cleary had five, Ron McCarthy four, same as Mike Bell having four. Of course, he had one the other way, but hey, I think we have the good outweighs the bad on the whole in a vacuum. Mm. <laughs> Word of the week. And then David Leatherby had three. Yeah. Good on all those judges for being sharp, setting good standards, and, uh, and, and doing their best to make sure that the right person gets the round. Well, I do want to say, I mean, 26 rounds really isn't that much. You know, no, it's not. So... I'm glad you pointed that out, actually. Of all the rounds that are scored in MMA across the major promotions, 26 really ain't that many. So I, I did a quick look at my list. Now, this is going to include the fights that ended in the first round and were not scored. So you have to take out at least a portion of this number. But I had 1,111 separate rounds listed that at any time a fight started, right? I didn't I didn't uh, get the time to narrow down without that, right? But... The fact of the matter is this. Let's let's take out like even a quarter of that, right? Let's 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 knock it down to like I don't know, 800 rounds. Mm-hmm. And some of these are Bellator and PFL. So realistically, we're taking out I know there was four from those two promotions. So it's really down to 22 rounds out of like 800 UFC rounds more or less. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen very often. It may sound like it's negative, but on the whole, I think this show should actually truly put in context just how rare it is for the judging to be this bad yeah it's just it just doesn't happen all that often we have we're in the best place we we've ever been i I would say more or less yes but i think nothing beats the 2020 uh year of the pandemic where we basically only had like the same 12 judges working so they got super comfortable and we hadn't reset the whole 10 9 8 thing with with the the stupid round we keep talking about from adesanya blahovich we're in a bad we're in a bad place with 8 9 
We're we but are I'm, not in a good place with eight nine. I think on that's the fair. Whole, on the whole, judging, I think especially when we got twenty weeks in there, right? We're in a good place. <laughs> say, yeah. No, you're right though. It, it, it's absolutely fair and absolutely deserved, and, and we got to give credit where it's due. So, yeah, I the judging is the judging is in a good spot. It could be better. We've seen it better, but I think we can get back there. Um, and I do think that there are the fact that people like us are putting more of a spotlight on it. I don't think is a negative. I think it's a negative in in the the um, the attitudes that get put out there on social media. But if you're not on social media, I think honestly it's a good thing because it's sort of a check against everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we're looking at all of these rounds, we're talking about all these rounds, and, and hopefully the judges really pay attention to the fact that like, hey, I see these other judges doing well. I want to do just as well as they are. This is what it looks like when they're doing well. You know what I mean? All right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Something to aspire to. Yeah. Any more thoughts, final thoughts before we close out here about uh about the worst scores of 2023, my friend? I, I just said, I mean, like, let's keep the list where it's at. Going forward, maybe a little smaller. Strive to be maybe, better. Maybe. You, you did, it's like we said, 26 rounds out of that many rounds. Really ain't bad. Not at all. But we can still be better. Always, always aspire to be better. I, that's what I tell, I tell my kids that I say, you know, do your best. We're proud of your best. You can work harder. You can get there. And you will. And I believe in you. Just like I believe in my child. No, I don't want to do that. That's patronizing. (laughs) All right. That does it for the worst scores of 2023. We are back again next week. And we're going to be back with the annual data show. A more positive spin on things, typically. Usually, yes, yeah, or, or at least more interesting on the whole, right? It's usually come across like, oh, fascinating, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all. Happy New Year. <laughs>